Hi, I'm Deck Doyle from Top Gear Driving School. That's www.topgeardrivingschool. And as we have announced some time ago, we'll be running a Q&A session. And today is the first one. And I'm really pleased and proud to be able to do this because I think it will bring driving into, learning to drive, should I say, into the uh, 21st century by using technology that's there and available, you know what I mean, but primarily to help you to be able to learn, not just under the duress and stress of um, uh, sitting in a car, but in your own time and in your own space. And the idea of the Q&A session was to get people to ask questions that they're not prepared, they're not able to do on the lesson because they're um, focusing on what they're trying to do, which is control the car. And we've had a plethora of questions sent in to us over the last couple of weeks. And uh, I'm just going to deal with three today because um, this is our sort of introductory one. I will see the response we get to it and how you feel about it and how it's helped you uh, in whatever ways it's designed to help you. So the first question I'm going to go straight into is, how do we slow the car down? And that's the main question that everybody has. As I said before, any clown can put their foot on the accelerator and we get faster and faster and faster. But how do we actually slow the car down? So the first answer we need to look at in there is what controls have we got to control the speed? When we're talking about the car, we are talking about controlling the speed. When we're talking about controlling the speed, we're really talking about how we decelerate. How do we slow the car down? Now, we've talked before, if you've watched any of the podcasts before, about the primary controls of the car. There's six of them, right? But we only have four of those primary controls to control speed. We have the accelerator, we have the brake, we've got the clutch and the gears. But only one of those will actually increase speed. That's the accelerator. If I go from second gear to third gear, the car is not going to get faster until I introduce the accelerator. I go from third to fourth, it's not going to get faster until I increase speed with the accelerator. So the question was, how do we slow the car down? So the first thing we need to do is when we want to slow it, take your foot off the accelerator, stop feeding the fire. Let it slow down naturally, you've stopped giving it the same level of energy. It's now getting less energy, so it's going to slow down naturally. We then go from fourth gear to third gear. Again, letting the clutch push your foot back, it will slow the car down. Third to second, releasing it slowly, the clutch, and then it will slow down again naturally. We've spoken about the gears 22nd, 33rd, 44th. What do I mean by that? 20 kilometers an hour, we should be in second gear. 30, we should be in third gear. 40, we should be in fourth gear. But that's equally true of slowing the car down. So if I'm doing 48 in a 50 zone and I take my foot off the accelerator, it's going to slow down. Now when I get to 42, 43, I go back into third gear and release it slowly. It's going to slow down. Down to 32, 33, into second gear, release it slowly, it will slow down. Now we never go back to first gear because first gear is only designed to get a ton of metal from a standing still position. But we can control the deceleration using the accelerator, 
using the gears, using the clutch by just letting the clutch push my foot back. That will control the deceleration. If you take your foot away quickly, now you're going to get a bounce because it's adjusting too suddenly to its new speed. So we're letting the clutch push my foot back as opposed to taking my foot away. And that's how we control the deceleration. So we're still using the 20, 30, 40, but we're using it in reverse. We're bringing the speed down by stop accelerating. If you feel you're coming in too fast, it's still at that point, you can use the brake. It's not an either or. You're using the tools that you have to adjust the speed by bringing it down. Take your foot off the brake, you're now down to 42, 43, into third gear. Release it slowly. Again, if you're coming into a turn, we should take our turns in 22, 18 to 22. That's generally what I would take them in. And if you're doing that at 22, it's easier to control the turn. If you're coming in too fast, it's more difficult to control your car turning because you're eating up the ground. You're going to be over the other side of the road. So we bring it right down, 18, 22, release the clutch slowly, into the turn, drive away. New road, new reference points, check your mirrors again. So I hope that answers your question. And the question actually came in to, um, from Sean, who is in not lying. So good question, Sean. Thanks for that. So the second question has come in from, uh, well, there's lots of questions, but the question we're going to deal with tonight um, is uh, from Maeve in um, Terenure. And Maeve asked, you know, how do we deal with the traffic lights? And the funny thing is, that's a really good question because traffic lights are just there and we just take them for granted. We stop when they're red, we go when they're green. But they're a traffic control knife. They're designed to control the flow of traffic. And each one has a designated time on it. So if um, the traffic lights are a control, what does that actually mean? They're designed to keep the volume of traffic moving. So on a main road, national road, the traffic lights are going to be green for about 60 to 90 seconds. On a slip road, they could be um, uh, just 10 seconds because there's only one car, two cars coming out of there. But on the main road where you've got, you know, traffic of uh, 40, 50 cars to get through, keep the traffic moving. And that's what the traffic lights are for. They are a traffic control. Now, if you notice, and have a look the next time you're out, not even when you're driving yourself, but if you're in the passenger seat and you look up as you're approaching to uh, the lights, you will see a little rectangle with four squares inside that. And that's a pressure plate. And that's telling the lights that there's traffic here and it's time to change. And it'll tell the, the lights that there's so many cars, now it's time to change, we've reached uh, our quota switch and they do work so if you're going in on the n11 uh, into town at three in the morning the lights are all green all the way through because there's no traffic coming from anywhere else somebody comes up uh, on one of the side roads they're on the pressure plate the lights will change letting them go then it's back to green for the main flow always designed to keep the traffic flowing and that's the um, uh, thing about traffic lights you won't make three traffic lights in a row they're designed so you can't. But once you know that at the outset, then you're not going to try because it won't happen. 
And again, they don't want people flying through town at 70 kilometers an hour. So that's why the lights are sequenced the way they are. The next thing is, people always ask me is, if it's green, can I go? Do I have to wait for the filter? Now, the answer to that question is quite simple. If there's nothing coming from the opposite direction, you're in the box and it's green, you now go. Keep the traffic flowing. But there's always only one person in the box. And that's most important. We often see people sort of um, one in the box and then there's two behind them over the line where they should be. The lights will only get one person through. And why is that important, right? Because if you're in the box and you go, then it's open for the people coming from the right to turn. But if there's two people there, these, are, these guys on the right are blocked. And they should be because you've gone over the line. So the, you stop at the line, let the guy in front of you in the box move off, you move into the box. If the lights are an arrow, you must wait. You can't go. You must wait for the filter. So again, we're just using the lights as they were designed to be used. But the most common um, complaint is that people get to the box and they stop when they're turning right, even if the lights are solid. No, keep the traffic moving. You can go if it's safe to go. If there's nothing coming in the opposite direction, go, keep the traffic moving. If there's something coming, you must wait. You're crossing over their road. They have right of way always. So you must wait until it's clear. If it's a filter on it to the right, you wait for the filter. Right? If it's green and the filter hasn't come on, you can go. If it's uh, red and the filter comes on, you go. If there's a red filter, you wait. Um, and that's um, the best way to answer that question, Dave. You know, but it's a really good question because it is one that catches a lot of people out and they're really not sure of, right? And it's something that we'll come back to again. But um, it makes eminent sense, you know, to ask that question. How do I deal with the lights? The answer is to make sure it's safe for you to go if it's green. If it's a green arrow going straight, you must wait. If it's a green filter to the right, you can go. If it's a red filter, you wait. If it's solid green and there's nothing coming from the other direction, you can go. hope that answers your question. The final question today uh, is uh, coming in from uh, Ahmed, who wants to know how best to deal with roundabouts. And again, Ahmed, this is a thing that presents a lot of problems to a lot of people. So thank you for asking it. I know others have, but you were first out of the hat. Roundabouts actually are really helpful. With traffic lights, somebody stops, somebody goes. With roundabouts, if you deal with it properly, everybody gets to go. So the secret to it is, as you're approaching it, first of all, you ask yourself, what exit am I taking? And then you look up into the roundabout. So I'm looking straight ahead at one o'clock and I'm looking at five o'clock. And now... I have the information I need. I'm not really interested in what's happening to the left because once I'm on the roundabout, I have right of way. But think about it. So I'm going to take the first exit. I align myself over to the left and I indicate left. If there's something coming from one o'clock, he has to travel all the way around the roundabout before he gets to me. So I'm only traveling five meters. I slip away. 
right? I've kept the traffic moving. He's all that distance to travel before he gets to me, so I'm fine. But if he's coming from one o'clock, the guy at five o'clock is blocked, isn't he? So that makes it much easier for me to slip away. But if I look as I'm approaching, I have that information. If I wait till I get to the line and then look up, he has now covered an awful lot more ground. So now he is going to prevent me from getting away. So the secret to it is, A, what exit am I taking? B, where am I looking? If he's coming from uh, one o'clock, as I said earlier, the guy at five o'clock is blocked. He can't go, right? So I can slip away. If there's nobody at five o'clock, he's coming around, I'm still safe to go because he's going to have to travel 70 metres before he gets to me. If, on the other hand, he's taking the first exit, now five o'clock can go and he's coming up, I'm going to have to stop. But I only get that information by looking up into the road as I'm approaching it. If I'm taking the second exit, I position myself to the left, left lane, and again, I look to the right, and I look one o'clock, five o'clock. If I can go, one o'clock has blocked five, I slip away. I indicate when I get past the first that I'm taking the second exit. So now the car at nine o'clock knows he can't go because I'm on the roundabout and I'm taking the second exit. And it's not called a roundabout for nothing. We don't go straight across it. Because if I go straight across it, I've cut off the person who wants to take the third exit. And even if there's nobody there, you still form the habit, work on going around the roundabout. So I stay in my lane on the outside. When I get past the first, I then indicate left. And I exit on the left-hand side, not close to the island in the middle, but to the left-hand side. And new road, new reference points, check my um, uh, reference points. Now, if I'm taking the right and third exit, or fourth, I, I now need to align myself on the right-hand side. But I'm still, as I'm approaching the roundabout, looking to one o'clock and to five o'clock. And that's where I need to get the information from. So I stay to the right-hand side, indicating right. I get past the first, I get past the second. Now I indicate left and I exit on the left-hand side. Again, it's clear to everybody. If you're approaching the roundabout and there's a car on it and they haven't indicated, and this happens all the time because a lot of people don't understand how to use roundabouts, how do you deal with that? Because you're not sure what he's doing. Look at his tyres. What way are his wheels facing? If they're straight, he's going to take the second exit and he's going to go. Right? If he's coming from one o'clock, hasn't indicated is the out-hand side, right? If his right wheels are turning into the roundabout, he's going to continue coming round. But if he straightened them, he's taking the second exit, and you will understand that. But you have to go carefully, and you have to tread very carefully, because there isn't any other information for you. He hasn't indicated, and this happens all the time. Okay? If he's taking the first exit, his wheels will be facing away. And now you know that he's going there, regardless, um, uh, or in fact, if he hasn't indicated. 
So we have to understand not everybody applies the rules, but the best way to deal with them is look at his wheels. What way is wheels facing? And that will help you then to make the decision you need to make. Because if he's straightened his wheels out, he's not coming round the roundabout. But again, I would say go carefully. That's the um, best way to deal with roundabouts. As I say, it keeps the traffic moving. With lights, somebody has to stop, somebody gets to go. But if you approach the lights or the roundabout and look up into it, you will get the information you need to make an informed decision. And you can compensate then for others who aren't necessarily applying the same rules as you are by just looking at their wheels. I hope, Ahmed, that helps you and uh, answers your question. And if you need further information, please come back to me again. Okay, that's it for tonight. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. And I hope all that was helpful. Select Doyle from Top Gear Driving School. Thank you.